What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Hello there ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of This Week in History with me, Dan the Viking. Um, This week, I am really surprised Dad has managed to stretch this out into an actual episode, because when he mentioned it, I was sort of like, yeah, I've heard of it, and I know a little bit about it, but I can't be a 45 minute episode, because it's just people emigrating from one part of a country to another, but apparently there's more to the story than what meets the eye so uh what are we covering this week dad welcome back to the show uh thank you and i'm glad you invited me back I'm, i enjoy these some you know yeah they're, it's good i know it gives you a break doesn't it yeah well so i can just sit here and just sort of nod along and <laughs> okay um this week we are going to go back to 1849 and a little piece of american history yeah we mentioned that in the last episode we're doing a bit of american history so well, this is the California Gold Rush. Yeah. So Heard of what, it. What do you know about it? Uh, I mean, only what you see in films. You know, like the Wild West, the uh, prospectors, uh, you know, the little pans in the water and that. Mm-hmm. Do, do you know what I mean? Very. Have you ever seen the film Paint Your Wagon? No. No? I suggest you have a look at it because some of it... It's a it's a musical, but it's some of the scenes are actually quite relevant. I mean, when when I go back to things like... I mean, for starters, when I say prospector, the first thing that comes to my mind is Toy Story with the the, the guy in the box. The guy in the box, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so um, oh yes. I mean, I'm assuming obviously there's there's more to the story than just a bit of gold. Uh, there is actually, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is why I was surprised when you sort of said it. I thought, well, yeah, yeah okay, go on. I'll, I'll leave you to it if that's what. Okay. We'll, we'll see. So go on. What, what? Well, this is one of mine. It's a, it's it's another American one. I seem to yeah. be doing a lot of American ones. Yeah. yeah. But then, like we said before, they they've got a lot of history. Okay, this is about the mid nineteenth century and the California Gold Rush. Now, it may seem strange for a British person to be speaking about American history, but history is worldwide. And if to be honest, if I were to to leave out American history. I think I'd be limited in subject matter, to be honest. Yeah, I think when we look at British history, um, I mean, unless you're going back to, yeah, 
your medieval and your your 1600s and things like which let's be honest i've covered most of the major events you're sort of talking pretty much everything's military military history um yeah yeah i suppose you're right there aren't you yeah we conquered the world and then and screwed it up and left it <laughs> yeah <laughs> and yeah. then came home and then well, you'd say in that you, you'd say that the british colonial system we we at, at one point we owned 75 percent about quarter of the world yeah um or we ruled quarter of the world that the issue there is we did leave a few countries in a worse state than when we found them the majority we left but that doesn't go for all of them no. you have to look at india india is now far better than it ever was mm-hmm. before you have to look at singapore you have to look at hong kong you have to look at canada and australia all of the new zealand all of those countries mm. are better now it's, than before the british arrived i think with i mean i was talking to a guy um he's a maori from new zealand and he was saying um that he hates the british absolutely hates the british um because of what the british did to the maoris in new zealand and i sort of thought but for starters you're messaging me on a mobile phone that's connected to the internet that is part of the internet that was invented by the british or the scottish invented the world wide web part of a system that is do you know what i mean i'm sort of thinking well hang on a minute you're you're sort of losing your argument a bit there but i think the problem with the british is is yes we left things in a better place i mean the things that we what we did for for india for example the train systems the road systems the um, infrastructure and the stuff that we did is much better but then what do we do to the bengal famine and you know we we weren't the nicest no there's there's a dark side to each each country yeah um but there we go but we were the first to end slavery yes and actually fight for it and in fairness there are still countries out there that have slavery and the british were the first to well you you go down that line you could actually more white people were have been enslaved throughout history than any other race and considering if i'm right in saying that only 16 percent of the world's population is white yeah something like that yeah that says a lot i mean the what gets me is when uh, and I, I have i have seen it and it's it is mainly americans so it's not a dig but it is mainly americans um shouting at white british um saying you know we've done this and you've done that um and they they have a go at the irish and i think hang on a minute there were a lot more irish slaves than there were african a lot more and they were there first and we've treated the irish bad for 500 years yeah well that's it <laughs> so anyway we're completely we've, digressing we've gone off in it, yeah. we're going back to gold so like i said if if i was going to st- leave out united states history i'd be severely limited in subject matter but the us as a country hasn't been around for that long but it's crammed a hell of a lot into this short time and today probably the biggest single event to shape that country is what we're going to be talking about. Yeah, and it's not the something... biggest single event. Before this event, America was populated with Native Americans, um, Mexicans, and 
newly arrived persons who tried to create religious based society. Okay. Guess what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've already done that. Nothing says more about America than the ability of its population to rise from a nothing to a something. And this has been apparent throughout the country's whole history. Described as the land of opportunity, in theory, any American national can become president. Like I said, in theory. In practice, that is completely ridiculous. But you can go from being the bottom of social standing to earning millions. Am I right in saying that every US president in history, barring Donald Trump and I believe... um, not Reagan. Um, who was I saying downstairs? Watergate. Nixon. Nixon. Every single president in US history, including Obama, other than those two, are related in one way or another. Oh, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't know. Yeah, I there really is, there is, a, there Trump, is a bloodline between Do- every single Do- one of Donald them. Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, right, okay. Anyway, no, I actually like Donald Trump. I mean, I, the, 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 he has issues, but I don't know. Anyway, in America, that chance of easy money came for hundreds and thousands of people. Sorry. You were attacking my microphone. I am, sorry. Yeah. We're talking about the American dream, though, aren't we, really? That's it. I mean, notice I say America, not the United States, because when this story is set, it began in part of North America that was not in the US at the time. Mexico. In the last days of the Mexico-American War... The U.S. consisted of only 30 states, and California was not one of them. All these states were in the east and the central parts of the continent. The west portion of the country would, is what you would call the Wild West, and it was wild. Mm. Very few Anglo-Americans had made it to the area that we now know as California, and those that had had found vast open spaces life was hard all right in fact this area which was still part of mexico and had by the 1830s slowly given away to become under the control of mexican landowners they really wanted to be independent american settlers who began to arrive by the 1830s were realistically divided into two groups you had the marine traders the maritime traders and the overland settlers now the maritime traders populated the coastal towns of los angeles monterey santiago and they catered for the trading needs of the locals so due to their economic interaction they often had an understanding of spanish they married california women and were generally accepted by the locals the overland settlers were the american fur trappers and farmers who to be honest started settling in the sacramento valley and they often held the indigenous californias in contempt seeing their lifestyle as an affront to the puritan way of life (laughs) at the time the population of the territory consisted of about six and a half thousand californios they are people of Spanish or Mexican descent. 700 foreigners, prim- primarily Americans, mm-hmm. and about 150,000 Native Americans. 
Wow. That's more than like the whole population of them now, isn't it? So now we know the area, let's take a look at the five years that actually changed America. Small amounts of gold had been found in the area, to be honest, in fact, on the 9th of March, 1842. A man called Francisco Lopez was just searching for stray horses, stopped on the bank of a small creek and dug up some wild onions. He found a small gold nuggets in the roots among the bulbs of the onions. He looked a bit further and found more gold. Now, Lopez took the gold to the authorities, who confirmed that it was gold and it was worth something. Lopez and others began to search for these other, for more of it, for other uh, on other streambreds. And although gold had been found, it wasn't publicised, and Lopez and his compatriots didn't give the exact location. And in the 1840s, California was a distant outpost where only a few people had heard of and even fewer had seen yeah the small port town which would eventually become san francisco had only a couple of hundred residents one of the more prominent men in the area was a swiss man who had arrived in the area in 1839 and his name was john sutter his intention was to create his own empire in the lands that were slowly opening up in the west and he quite quickly succeeded he very soon after his arrival he built a fort he acquired 12,000 cattle and employed hundreds of workers the trouble is John Sutter was a bit of a fake mainly because his biggest produce was debt he owed, he owed just about everybody not just locally either he even owed money to people in Russia. He had been forced to leave Europe because of these debts, and like all entrepreneurs, he had a dream, which he believed he could make his fortune and pay back all that he owned. But despite his dodgy practices, he tried to make this colony out west, and he named it Nuova Helvetia, basically New Switzerland. Okay. The place still exists. It's better known now as Sacramento. But in December 1847, Sutter was there. And he decided that he was going to send 20 men 50 miles north of his fort to a place on uh, to a river that they called the American River. The plan was for him to build a sawmill and he was going to use these 20 men to build it and he was going to build this sawmill on the banks of the river in order to supply lumber for sutter's ranch expansion one of these men was called james wilson it was james wilson marshall by the 24th of january 1848 the mill was almost completed but Marshall, taking a lunch break, saw something shiny in the gravel on the shore of the river. He's reached into it and retrieved it. It was yellow in colour and it was about half the size of a pea and about the same shape. He was certain it was gold. Then he saw another one in the shallows. 
Now, although Marshall had just made the most significant find in the history of the West, he went back to work. Over the next few days, he and the workers at the mill discovered more and more small bits of yellow metal in the river. Only days after the discovery, the American-Mexican War ended, paving the way for California to begin the process of joining the Union. So, California was now going to become part of the Union. When Marshall returned to Nueva, he showed Sutter the pieces of shiny metal. He still didn't realise the significance of what he'd found. So in a small room in the fort, they tested one of the samples. Now, neither of them was a scientist. They didn't have any scientific equipment. All they had was a tattered old encyclopedia, which gave him a couple of clues. But they came to the conclusion that what he had found was gold. Neither man wanted it to be gold. Sutter was trying to build a farming colony and the discovery of gold nearby would bring hundreds of people to compete for the land. Marshall had a sawmill to finish and the influx of people would actually just get in his way. So Marshall and Sutter swore all the men that were working on the sawmill to secrecy (laughs) and they made a pact to keep the discovery a secret. So with this in mind, and to prevent an influx of people, Sutter sent a man called Charles Bennett to a place called Monterey to meet with Colonel Mason. Now, Colonel Mason was the chief US official in California with instruction to secure the mineral rights of land. Okay. So he was the man that, oh, yeah, can I have this bit of land? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Bennett was instructed not to tell anybody of the discovery of the gold. (laughs) Oh dear. En route, he stops off at a place called Benicia. Whilst there, the talk of the town was the recent discovery of coal. All right. Um, Coal coal versus gold. Yep, I know where I'm going. You know where you're going to go. So he blurted out the discovery of gold. He continued on to San Francisco, where, again, he couldn't quite keep a secret. He then goes to Monterey. At Monterey, Mason declined to make any judgment on the lands and the mineral rights. So Bennett, for the third time, revealed that he'd found gold. Quality. (laughs) So the rumours began to spread. Despite the men's pact, rumours about gold being found on the American River quickly filled the surrounding area, which at the time was very sparsely populated. Still, there was no rush to the area. Marshall's gold find was just too fantastic to believe. Fake news was about even then, and people just didn't take these reports seriously. Hmm. Fake news. What was to become (laughs) the gold rush needed a spark. Right, okay. Enter Mr. Sam Brannan, a merchant and newspaper publisher who owned the general store in San Francisco. Now, how he got to hear about the gold is actually not very clear, but what he did with it was absolute genius. He's got this information. 
he acquired a small glass bottle and put some gold dust in it. Okay. His next action would eventually make him the richest man in California. In fact, he was to become California's first millionaire. So what did he do? He held the bottle high up in the air ran through the streets of San Francisco and yelling at the top of his voice, gold, gold in the American River. (laughs) Due to his actions, this news spread like wildfire. 15th of March, 1848, a newspaper of the area now reports gold being found in considerable quantities at Sutter's Sawmill. Now, Brannan, despite running through the town, had no intention of searching for gold for himself. Before he ran through the streets, he bought up every single pick, shovel and pan in the area. (laughs) A pan that he bought for 20 cents a couple of days earlier, he would now sell for $15. Wow. That's a lot as well. Supply and demand. He realised that he could make more money by being the only supplier of equipment in the area than he would if he actually took off and started searching for the gold. In fact, in nine weeks, he made $36,000. Wow. We're talking 1848. That's a lot. That's a lot of money. All right. News of the gold spread through the region. In fact, on the 14th of June, the California Star newspaper had to suspend its publications because its entire staff left for the goldfields. Wow. I mean, you've got to admit, though, if that happened, if they turned around and said the Welsh Harpers got gold, you'd go and look, wouldn't you? <laughs> you're dead right. Oh, yeah. yeah. San Francisco, until then, had been a tiny settlement of between 500 and 1,000 people before the rush began. After Bannon's run through the streets, it quickly became a ghost town. Abandoned ships and businesses and shops were everywhere. (laughs) That was until the following year, 1849, when a shedload of merchants and businesses really just arrived and business really started in five years the the population would rise to over twenty five thousand. that's quite a big jump okay let's go back a bit remember colonel richard mason the man who refused to grant sutter the land rights yeah well in july he sent a report about the gold to washington with us with a little bit of a sample that time he judged that four thousand men were in the gold district in the area where this gold was and he believed they were pulling out of the ground around fifty thousand dollars a day so basically 1848 fifty thousand dollars would be equivalent to 1.6 million in 2018 wow per day A day. A day. That's a lot of gold. It is. Initially, the first to arrive were those that were already in California. The first miners tended to be families in which everybody helped with the effort. Women, children, all ethnicities were often found searching the river and later 
panning next to the men. Some enterprising families set up boarding houses to accommodate the influx of men in these cases, and the women often brought in a steady income while their husbands searched for gold. I wonder what they were doing. Yeah, same. (laughs) Next came people who heard the news from ships. On the fastest sailing routes from California, the first large group of Americans to arrive were several thousand Oregonians. Now, they came down from Siskiyou. We'll go with that. Yeah. They came down the Siskiyou Trail. Next came the people from the Sandwich Islands, which is now called Hawaii. Oh, they made a much better name of it. Do they really call it the Sandwich Islands? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then several thousand Latin Americans, including people from Mexico, Peru, and as far away as Chile, came by boat. Less than 500 travelled overland from the United States. Gold wow. was that plentiful during this time. It was found with uh, easily large nuggets being found just laying on the riverbeds. In some cases, thousands of dollars worth each day were just found literally laying on the ground. Even the ordinary prospectors' average daily finds of gold worth 10 to 15 times the daily wage of a labourer on the East Coast. By the end of 1848, some 6,000 had come to California. These people would become known as the Argonauts, or 48ers. Okay. Are you, are you, is there more to go into that, or is that just because it was 1948? It's ni- uh, 1848. Yeah. Word about the gold being found in the West slowly drifted east. But the further it got away from California the more they became rumours the less they were taken seriously what the embers needed in the west to become a roaring flame was validation Hmm. and it took until December 1848 for this to happen the confirmation that gold had been found came from the most credible person in the US at the time On the 5th of December 1848, President James Polk gave his State of the Union address. In it, he said, It was known that mines of precious metals existed to a considerable extent in the California at the time of its acquisition. Recent discoveries render it probable that these mines are more extensive and valuable than anticipated. The accounts of abundance gold in that territory are of such an extra. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Broadenary character, as would scarcely command belief. And were they not corroborated by authentic reports of officers in the public service who have visited the mineral district and derived the fact from which they detail personal observation? You've now got the president saying, hey, look, there's gold over there. Yeah. (laughs) Get yourselves west. 
with official government recognition the amount of on the amount of gold being found the rush to california began people came from everywhere all over the u.s and eventually the world the following year 1849 saw the rush begin those that arrived in the california gold for gold fields at that time will be ever known as the 49ers why because they arrived in 1849 not because they were miners ah uh, yeah see i i was so is that why san francisco's called the 49ers san francisco 49ers yeah see i always thought that was because they were the 49th state but they weren't the 49th state were they because no. that was hawaii that's why it wasn't the 49th state I don't know what was but it certainly wasn't hawaii hawaii and alaska were 49 and 50 in which case it would be alaska then because yeah. hawaii is the 50th oh, there you go <laughs> only because i've been there yeah that's good. <laughs> right, the gold rush conjures up images of thousands of 49ers heading west in wagons to strike it rich in california but many of the first prospectors actually arrived by ship and few of them had a return ticket so within months, San Francisco's port was teeming with boats that had been abandoned after their passengers and crew headed inland to hunt for gold. As the tiny town began to boom, demand for lumber increased drastically, and the ships were dismantled and sold as construction material. Wow. Hundreds of houses, banks, saloons, hotels, jails and other structures were built out of the abandoned ships, while others were used as landfill for lots of things near the water's edge problem there is you've got there you've dismantled your ship you can't get back no but then i suppose if you're bringing in that sort of money a day you don't want to leave this is true but if you're bringing it in where are you going to spend it mm, that's true if you want to be rich you want to be rich where you can spend it but the largest group of 49ers in 1849 were actually american um, and they arrived by tens of thousands most by sea, less over land, but still a considerable number came over land. They how? came across the continent. How did Americans get to California by sea? They would go down to Mexico, across, the and then... No, Suez wasn't there. Oh. And they would then go from Mexico up the West Coast. Okay. Was that better than... Do oh, I suppose the Oregon Trail was a nightmare, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. There used to be a game called that. Did you ever played that? No. So an old, 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 old computer game. It was one of the first computer games on a PC. It was called the Oregon Trail. And you just can't complete it. There's no one's... Compl I don't know anyone that's ever completed it. If you have completed it, let me know. Because... Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Interest you. There I you go. <laughs> they came across the continent by various sailing routes but many of them from the east coast came over the appalachian mountains changing to river boats in pennsylvania onwards to the missouri wagon train assembly points and then traveling in a wagon along the california trail the majority of those coming by sea came by way of the isthmus of panama and the steamships of the pacific mail steamship company 49ers came from the US, Latin America, China, Europe, the latter arriving in late 1849 due to the distance, but come they did. It is estimated that approximately 90,000 people arrived in California in 1849 alone, 
of these, 50 to 60,000 were Americans. The rest were from other countries. Wow. I mean, although gold could be found literally just laying on the ground this very quickly ran out which resulted in prospectors panning for it and panning is a very simple process and it's known uh as placer or traditional mining all that is required is a pan looks very much like a dinner plate person stands in the stream digs into the gravel bed and slowly swills water around this causes the heavier particles to fall to the base of the plate where gold can be seen because gold is a heavy particle. In most cases, gold panning usually turns up only minor gold dust. Nuggets and considerable amounts of dust are occasionally found, but panning mining is not generally lucrative. Panning can, for gold can be an indicator of a large gold vein which would be the source of the deposits. The bigger bits, yeah. With the vast numbers of men arriving to make their fortune, shanty towns appeared in and around the riverbeds and banks. Hundreds of thousands of people flocked to California to make their fortunes in the gold rush. But none of them were women. <laughs> really? In... 1852, 92% of the people prospecting for gold were men. Wow. The few women who did travel west eked out a living in the boom towns, working in the restaurants, the saloons, the hotels, that just seemed to pop up every day. Some women's journals on the East Coast published stories and ran ads encouraging encouraging educated and morally minded young women to travel west to tame these men as they were fearful of the trouble the men might get into without the civil civilizing influence of women <laughs> guess what very few took them up on this offer the yeah. percentage of women in gold mining communities did eventually increase but even in 1860 they they numbered fewer than 10,000, which is probably around 19%. Wow. I mean, life as a 49er was hard. In fact, nearly all the men who got to California arrived with nothing more than the clothes they were wearing. Once there, they needed to buy food, goods, supplies, which, believe it or not, the merchants were all too willing to provide. For a cost, everything had a price. They were stuck in a remote region far from home and these miners had to spend most of their hard-earned money on the most basic supplies. An example, an egg, a single egg, went for the equivalent of $25 in today's money. Coffee went for more than $100 a pound and replacing a pair of worn-out boots could set you back $2,500. So it was the merchants that made the money. That sounds really like California now. <laughs> you know what I mean? $25 for an egg. That's probably what you'd pay in California now for things. I mean, aside from the already mentioned Sam Brannan, other non-miners also made their fortunes. Uh, Philip Armour made a fortune operating the sluice gates that controlled the flow of water into the rivers that the miners were using. <laughs> he later founded a meatpacking company based in Chicago. So he controlled the water. This bloke could oh, well, I know. I'm going to put a block in the water at the top of the river, and I'll only let a little bit of water through each. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> um, 
a man called John Studebaker began building wheelbarrows for miners. He would later go on to be one of the United States' greatest car manufacturers. Two bankers named Henry Wells and William Fargo opened an office in San Francisco, eventually coming, becoming one of America's premier banking institutions. One of the biggest merchant success stories was that of Levi Strauss, mm. a German tailor. I mean, he arrived in San Francisco in 1850 with plans to open a store selling canvas tarpaulins and wagon coverings. But he realized that miners' trousers were in constant need of repair. So he used his tailoring skills to produce a pair of trousers that would withstand the 16-hour days that the miners were doing. He opened his store in, to selling these in San Francisco, and guess what? Levi jeans were born. Mm. In, in 1850, the area was so remote from the rest of the US, there was very little law in the shanty towns and no law enforcement. It was very easy to get yourself killed over something very minor. And as gold became harder to find, arguments between miners became frequent and often fatal. As the findable gold ran low and disappointment set in, the 49ers looked for scapegoats to blame anything that they could. Non-US citizens started to become targets. By far, the biggest group to blame were the Chinese, closely followed by the Native Americans. In fact, over 25,000 Chinese had arrived in the region by 1852, and violence against foreign miners increased. Beatings, rapes, murders became commonplace. <laughs> the government didn't really do much to help. In fact, in 1850, California passed a foreign miners tax, which basically charged a monthly $20 fine, which uh, a $20 fee on non-citizens. So basically, even if you turned up and you didn't do anything, you, you were charged $20 for the privilege. Brilliant. But that's the equivalent of $500 today. Wow. That's a lot. A month, you know. I mean, all right, it was repealed in two years. after uh, It was around for about two years, but it was there. But it was replaced with another tax that singled out the Chinese miners, charging them $2 a day, which is about... That's $2 a day? Well, it would be $50, no. wouldn't it? It's $2 per month, which is $80 today. No. However, no ethnic group suffered more than california's native americans before the gold rush the native population numbered around 300,000 20 years on over a third would be dead wow most died from disease or mining related in brackets accidents but 4,000 were actually murdered by enraged miners jeez you know, I said that merchants a lot, isn't it? actually became richer than the miners. Yeah. There was one that didn't. You remember John Sutter, the man whose land it was the first piece of gold that was found? Yes. His dream of a farming empire came to a bit of an abrupt halt. His workers just upped and left to the gold fields within the first few months. Squatters came onto his land and stole his equipment, his crops and his cattle. And he was forced to sell this land, or his land that he'd got, 
to one of his sons in order to pay the debts that he'd acquired. The land was then used to create a new settlement that was called Sacramento. Sutter was eventually forced out of the area and ended up penniless in Pennsylvania, where he actually died. That's not good. That's the story of the California Gold Rush. The time it lasted, 1848 to 1855. 300,000 people had made their way into the area. An astounding amount of gold was retrieved in that time. Let's take the year 1852, right in the middle of the gold rush. Mm -hmm. The gold taken out of the ground in that year alone amounted to $80 million. Wow. That is $2.5 billion in 2018. That's a lot of gold. In one year. Some people did get extremely rich. Most didn't. No, I can imagine. But the dream of many for easy money still lives on today. It does, doesn't it, with America? I mean, I, I know I had um, an opportunity years ago to move there, and uh, obviously I didn't take it, but it was that... You, you do have that feeling that you, you know if I go, if I go to America I'm gonna make it big. And uh, you're not going to. The <laughs> opportunity is there. Yeah, but you not... have to be in the right place at the right time. Yeah, and you have to be extremely lucky. Mm. But there is no doubt some people do make shed loads of money. Yeah, and it's it's funny because. I mean, we, we talk about... We we have um, a similar taste in music. Well, not all taste in music, but um, especially when it comes to country music. Um, and you know when you're saying things like, oh, and I'm listening to little bits and I'm thinking of other country songs as you're saying it. And you know the bit where you said um, that obviously many people are killed in bar fights and things like that. Do you remember the Johnny Cash song, Don't Take Your Guns to Town? Yep. That's the only thing that came into my head. Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's weird. It was it? the Wild West. Yeah, it was so far away from the government that anything that happened was tough. Months before it report was got back to law enforcement, mm. and then months before law enforcement went to do anything. And at that point, but at that point, all the evidence is gone and everything. So it was lawless, but not to the extent that everybody was against everybody else. Yeah. But it wasn't the safest place to be. No. You know, and if you suddenly found a great big hunk of gold... And someone killed you for it. Well, that's the risk you took, isn't yeah. it? Because you'd suddenly go, what would you do? Do you hide it? And then nobody knows where it is, and if you get killed, tough. Do you try and spend it, in which case everybody knows you've got it? Mm. Or do you just pack up and make your way back with this lump of gold risking everything on the return journey yeah you kind of want to find a small amount rather than a big amount don't you yeah and there was no such thing as a banking system you know you couldn't put it like into the local bank and then bugger off back to say new york and draw it all out yeah it's not something you could do so it just didn't exist so yeah that's quite it, although, it, although it, it sounds absolutely fantastic and you f found all this gold what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with yeah. it? Because the only place you can spend it 
is the place where everybody else will suddenly know, hey, he's got a lot of gold. Mm. You are one person. Yeah, Four that's pe- why you find gangs and things like that became Again, really... Again, so you've got all this, and it's it's not... I mean, it, 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 yeah, people who didn't find the gold made more money. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Bannon decides before he goes around, running around, going, look at this, I've got this gold in the river. Mm. He's bought up all the equipment that miners are going to need that's dead clever he's not stupid is he no that's really clever so he's made the money yeah but it's money it's not gold yeah money you can do something with Mm. gold you can't gold is you've got to sell the gold to get the money you couldn't go to a bar and go here's a lump of gold bang I want a pint of lager no (laughs) you know yeah it doesn't work like that no it doesn't so yeah, I mean, I found that really interesting. I looked into it and I sort of condensed it right down to forty-five minutes. No, I love that. It's ace. So I said, you know, we all know, we've all heard of it, the California Gold Rush. And uh, I mean, I'm I'm gonna set you a challenge now because is the Alaska one any different? Well, the Yukon. Yeah, it's very very similar, but the you've got the odd. It's the extreme, isn't it? You have the California Gold Rush, which is nice, warm weather, bright sunshine, all that, and you've got the Yukon, which is FC, yeah, freezing cold, yeah. Well, you can replace the F with something else <laughs> if you want, but yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um, I, don't I don't know. If you, I don't know if it's one that can the Yukon. Um, I'll have a look into it and see if there's any anything different. But I would assume it's going to be very, very similar. similar. Stories, yeah. But, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I say it's very, very interesting, and like it's it's nice to hear. Um, you know, I, I say cowboys and Indians. I know you're not allowed to say that, but like that that era, that Wild West. It's, it is the Wild yeah, West. Yeah, but when you hear stories of that, they're normally quite negative. Mm. Like, do you know what I mean? They're normally um, massacres or. Um, what was the Alamo that's a similar time of you know in in history um things like they all seem to be quite negative in in history but this is actually something that's quite positive even though majority of people didn't get any really anything the majority of people that went out there made enough to live they they, they died out there and they didn't didn't make any money yeah but those that did made a substantial amount of money i mean i'm gonna just throw this one out there and i don't mean to offend anyone but it's just popped into my head and i think it's quite a funny point that this all happened in san francisco and surrounding area yeah, yeah. with a 90 percent male population yeah and now san francisco is the gay capital of america i i'm just saying, saying like if you connected the dots i mean there's 90 percent male population <laughs> <laughs> I had never thought of that. No, it's just popped into my head. I thought, I wonder but if yeah. that's what it is, you know, because there was no women there. No, very few. And if, you, and if you were the kind of if you were the kind of woman that went there, you weren't the kind of woman that you wanted as your wife. <laughs> no, quite a, a butch woman that can dig for gold. You know, they've got to like, be able to handle their own, aren't they? In that sort of situation, that that's yeah. I just think that that's probably the wrong words to use as well. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> we've offended someone, but there's no malice in it. It's uh, no, but again, again, that we go back to that the the British sense of humour and things that just aren't that would not be offensive over here in in America. I'm sure there's someone screaming at a podcast thing now, going, 
you, you can't know. say that. Yeah. yeah, but in in this country, it's just it's banter. Yeah. It's not offensive. It's not hurt anybody. So, well, but. I think today too many people are looking for something to be offended by. Correct me if I'm wrong, and I I would, but uh, Mother Teresa once said, "Words can never hurt you." I'm Words sure can never physically hurt you. Yeah, correct. Words can have a mental effect on only if on you learn. I don't know. I think one of your previous podcasts was said that if you had twenty years of somebody having a go at you because you killed your nephew, you'd probably die at forty-five of exhaustion. It was one of the kings of England. Yeah. You know, but the, yeah. the thing is, is, if somebody is constantly having a go and having a dig and, and making it, and then other people get on the bandwagon, then yes, it will have an effect. It mm. doesn't physically hurt, but it could have a mental effect. Yeah. Um, but in saying that, tough shit. Yeah. <laughs> really. There's, there's no, no deal. Deal with it, as I would say. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, but again, that's a very British stiff upper lip mentality of. Funnily enough, yeah, it's, it it's one of those things, it, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, keep just, calm yeah. and carry on. It's uh, it's one of those things. Yeah, keep calm diff- and carry on. We're a different breed over here, but well, we've had to be. We live in horrible, wet, grey island off the coast of Europe. Yes, that is <laughs> that is true. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, can you get miserable? Can I With like, a very questionable history. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, there is that. Oh, but yeah, no, great episode. Um, again, I'm sure we'll get another another comment on iTunes about how great your podcasts are compared to my, <laughs> compared to mine. But I, he didn't make I a comparison. Do, do a bit of well, I don't, I don't do a bit. I do a hell of a lot of research for each one. Each one that I do takes me around two weeks. Yeah to do the research and confirm the that details right. that I've got. Because you, know, you read somewhere, oh, well, 50 people died doing this, and then you read another one and it says 45 people. And I don't want to turn around and go, 47 people died. Yeah. So I will, I will look at it and I will get as much information mm. and then the majority of that... You go with them. I go with the main. And I can every piece of information that I give out, as far as I'm concerned, I have researched to and a degree that I'm yeah. satisfied is correct. Yeah, and that's that's the best way to do it. I mean, like say I, you do, you know, it is you do put in a lot of effort into it, and it's uh, it does show. So, mm. yeah, we we'll say we always love having you on, and and the evidence is clear, the uh, the comments that we get, and and things like that. So you know, the downside of it is I never get to see them. Well, you, <laughs> I get to hear about them yeah, from you. You get you've got iTunes. Yeah. Um, a lot, yeah, a lot of them, guys. You, you know, obviously they do. I, I do get a lot of messages um, from you guys, and I, and I love that. And obviously, I do um, relay those messages to to Dad. But if you guys do want to to make a comment, you don't have to to just message me. You can pop it pop it on the Facebook group if you are on there, because a lot of these messages do come through Facebook. Um, and I'm assuming if you're on Facebook, contacting me, you're part of the group. Um, so yeah just put them on the group um, dad's on there and most things that are put on there he's got a comment on there anyway so you can tag him in it um, if you've got a, something to say yeah just pop it on there it's always uh, always appreciated and obviously iTunes reviews uh, Spotify I don't know if you can leave a review on Spotify um, I know you can with Amazon um, I think 
Don't know actually. I've never left one with Amazon, but um, any reviews that you can leave on any any sort of applications, then then please do, because uh, we always try and get hold of them and read them out on the show. So, and if there are any negative ones on my side, it would be nice to know because I know how the way I do it mm. is not the way some people like it done. No, the, some people don't like the way I present it or the way I deal with it. And if that's I've, the case, let me know, because yeah. I can always change. Yeah. Well, I've never had that comment, to be fair. I have had a few comments in regards to some of the things I've done. Um, and mainly, when, I, when I've when i done a com- when I've had a negative comment, it's been um, maybe misquoting something or uh, the, the volume on the mic, which I've now worked out how to compress it properly and have it at a decent level. So um, they're sort of my negative comments that I've had. But, um, I've never had a negative comment about one of your episodes, so... No, oh, well, it's always first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, no, that's good. But, um, yeah, get yourselves over onto Facebook um, This Week in History. Um, join us on there. Um, and like I say, every week, um, get yourselves onto Patreon and uh, <laughs> come and come and see us. So we, so we get you all your episodes out um, a little bit earlier and, and they're all advert-free as well. So And it supports the show. So, and let's be honest, at the moment, guys, um, the more you support our show the more me and dad can get a drink when we go to Poland because we're off to Poland in a few weeks and the more of you guys that put money into Patreon then the the better time we're going to have because I think Auschwitz is going to be quite depressing so I might need a few beers while I'm there so um, but yeah no thanks for listening guys and uh, we'll we'll see you next week what's so special about Hero Bread's soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs 5 to 11 grams of protein and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.